everybody. Hello. Happy Mother's Day to all our mothers here. We appreciate you very much. Uh, the message today is about bearing one another's burdens. And that may be applicable to, to our moms, right, who often bear so much, uh, so many burdens. But I want to start by really jumping right into the thick of it and saying this. I want you to remember, all of us, the next time that you're helping someone bear a burden, you're helping someone carry a problem that they have in their life and they look to you for help. I want you to remember the next time you're doing that, that there is coming a day in which there will be no more burdens to bear. There is coming a day where you will never be asked again to help carry somebody's burden. And so in a very real sense, this is our only opportunity, this life, to answer that call and to bear, to help somebody lift a burden, or to have the humility to ask somebody else to help lift yours. In a very real sense, it's a privilege, it's, it's an honor now, even during the times where it's really difficult and we wish we didn't have to. Remember that there is coming a day where there will be no more burdens to bear. Let's back up a second. We just finished going through the Gospel of Matthew, the king revealing the kingdom of God. And now we decided to, to shift a bit to talk about how do we live out being members of that kingdom. So we're going through a mini-series, seven to eight weeks, of, what's, of looking at the different one another commands. How are different ways that we can live out being members of the kingdom of God? One of the ways is by looking at these different commands in the New Testament given to the church, of how we're supposed to treat one another, how we're supposed to live out being members of the kingdom. And so we're going to walk through some of the different one another commands. Last week we talked about loving one another, that that has to be the motivation for all the other one another commands. And today we're talking about bearing one another's burdens. And I want to direct your attention to Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. I have a slide here. We're going to read through it. Uh, if you prefer to, uh, to read through it, uh, with a hard copy of a Bible or your phone. We don't have phones to give out, but we do have Bibles. Uh, if you'd like a hard copy of that, uh, we usually have some in the back. And if you even want to slip your hand up for a Bible now, uh, we'd be glad to give you one of those, uh, even to keep it. So uh, we're going we're gonna to work through this passage and talk about specifically verse 2. But we're going to look at all five verses for some context of this command within the church to bear one another's burdens. Galatians 6, verses 1 through 5 says, Brothers and sisters, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load or his own burden. So here's the main idea for our message today of bearing one another's burdens. We bear one another's burdens because of our burden-bearing Lord. We bear one another's burdens because of our burden-bearing Lord. So we're going to talk about bearing one another's burdens, 
and then we're going to talk about our burden-bearing Lord, looking specifically at verse 2, where it says, bear one another's, one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So, first of all, bear one another's burdens. I want us to talk about burdens and then some details about bearing them, the attitude and the goal of it. And so, this word burden in verse 2, and if you could go back actually to the slide of the verses, Marcus, the word for burden in verse 2, bear one another's burdens, is a different word than in verse 5, that last line that says, for each will have to bear his own load or burden, it may be translated in your Bible. And so when you read that, we're supposed to bear one another's burdens, and then you get to verse 5 and it says, each has to carry his own burden or load, you might think, does that contradict each other? And so I wanted to explain why it doesn't. It's a different word, a different Greek word for burden in verse 2 and in verse 5. So I brought a few things to explain this. Having fun with object lessons recently. In verse 2, when it says bear one another's burdens, this word burden has to do with a heavy or a crushing weight. A kind of, a kind of weight that you shouldn't try to lift all by yourself all the time. A heavy, crushing weight. That's the word for a burden in verse 2. So that would be something like, you know, like a weight, like a burden, crushing weight like this, that I might look like I'm okay right now lifting it, but eventually, if I'm walking around with this all day, if I'm walking around with this all week, I'm going to need some help, right? And I'm just, I can't help but think, maybe some of us are sitting here today, and we try to play it off as if we're doing fine and we don't need anybody else to come into our lives and to maybe help bear some of this weight, some of this burden in our lives. And after a while, if you don't ask for help, if we don't bear each other's burdens to some degree, what's going to happen? <laughs> what's, yeah, pain. I'm going to drop it. I'm going to get hurt. I can't, I can't lift this all the time by myself. I would need help with that. And so the word for burden in verse 2 is a word that has to do with a crushing weight, something that we need help in order to lift. When we think of burdens, we think of um, all kinds of different burdens in this life. There are, we could list just endless different burdens in life. We might think generally of burdens such as relational burdens. You know somebody that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord and you care about them and of course you want them to know the Lord and so the burden's there and it can be crushed and you really want them to know. The God who loves them, the God who, who, who made them, the God who has a purpose for their lives so much better than they could try to con contrive on their own and you have a burden for whoever that person is in that relationship. You might have a financial burden where you really don't, you don't know what the, next, what the next year holds or even month when it comes to the finances in your life. You might think of chronic pain. You might think of, of pa your past and things that you carry with you, failures from the past, or shattered dreams that weigh you down, that's a burden in your life. We might think of burdens generally in this way. There's all kinds of different burdens. The burden specifically that Paul's talking about in chapter 6 of Galatians has to do with burdens caused by sins. Have you ever been in a place, or even now, where because of some mistake you've made, some sin that you've done, that you're, you, there's consequences with that, and you need the help of other people to come in and to help you bear the weight of it? He's talking about sin burdens. I wanted to give an example from, uh, from Scripture of this. 
An example would be Peter. We talked about towards the end of, of, of Matthew, when Peter denied Christ three times. Peter felt, he wept bitterly. He felt the weight of that, that regret of lying and of denying Christ. And that was heavy on him. And he needed someone to come and to help lift that, which Jesus will, in fact, do. Talking about burdens caused by sins. In fact, at this time in Galatia, there were people going around known as Judaizers that were teaching that in order to really be a Christ follower, it was more than just believing in Jesus. It was more than confessing your sins and believing in Jesus for salvation. You also had to adhere to the Mosaic law. You had to be circumcised. You had to follow these different commands in the Old Covenant in order to truly be a Christ follower. And these burdens were being put on the necks of believers, things that they weren't actually called to have to do because Christ had, in fact, fulfilled the law. And it, he, it, he did all that was needed, like the songs we sang. We have nothing else to give, nothing else to bring before him when it comes to salvation. And so believing those lies of added responsibility or burdens, uh, such as the people in Galatia were hearing and believing at the time, could have been these crushing weights um, that they were caught in, that they needed help. I want to say that some of us may think, potentially out of pride, I don't need help. I can carry this weight on my own. And to that response, I would simply say, then why does he tell us all of these different one another commands? Why, he's, he's making it very clear that we do, in fact, need each other. Jesus is the head of the church. We're the body. And I haven't heard somebody say, seriously, I, just, I need my head, but I don't need my body. <laughs> we need our body, too. Right? You shouldn't say, I just need the engine in my car, but forget about the brakes or the steering wheel. Or I just need the, the really important part. You know, God thinks we're important in each other's lives, and he uses us to help bear one another's burdens. So the word for verse 2 is a crushing burden, crushing weight that we need each other to help lift. While the word in verse 5, when he says each must bear his own load, that's a, that's a word, that word burden or load, is giving the idea of a kind of personal backpack or a soldier's pack. So it would be something more like this something that we each have in our lives that we're called to carry. Different responsibilities, different our, our, maybe our jobs that we're doing, or our, our, our relationship in our, in our home, uh, our strengths, weaknesses, even giftings that the Lord has given to us that he wants us to use and carry out. This, it's, it's our life that we're called to, oh, that's the microphone, we're called to, to carry, and that we shouldn't expect others to, to take our backpack, take our our load, our burden in that way. Because he says this for a reason, because there may be some that try to take advantage and say, look, you're a Christian, right? You're supposed to bear all of my burdens. So let me give you an example of the difference between a crushing burden and the backpack kind of burden that we all carry. It would be like someone at your work saying, hey, um, there's a family crisis going on. Could you please help me and help me with my work for the next week or take over for this? And you say, that sounds like, that's a crushing burden. There's something going on. You really need help. I'll help you. Versus someone saying in your, in your job, hey, I don't really feel like working this next week. Can you just take, you know, can you take my backpack? Can you do this? Just, I don't really feel like it. You live my life for me. You do these things for me. And being taken advantage of. He, he spells out this difference between these burdens. And sometimes it takes discernment to know, is, is this person in my life, is this a burden that, that, 
that I should try to help them with, or is it something that they're just trying to, to, to get off and to take advantage of me in that way? Some healthy boundaries. We want to help, though, each other with the, with the crushing, with the heavy weights that we experience uh, in life. So in verses 1 to 2, he talks about uh, the, the aim and the attitude of helping one another bear these burdens. So I want to read verses 1 through 2. He says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted, bear one another's burdens. So let me, let me first of all, this word bear means to shoulder. It means to, to help support, right? To get alongside the person and to help them lift the burden. And we might ask ourselves, am I supposed to be helping someone else bear their burden? Because it says here that anyone, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual, and I want to address something here. We might say, look, I don't feel very spiritual. And so therefore, I'm not called to, I'm not supposed to help someone else bear their burden. This, he's not addressing some super elite group of Christians and that they're the only ones that are supposed to be bearing the burdens of others. It's not as if there's a, a rating of there's a level one Christian and a level 10 Christian and if you're level seven and up, then you're the one that's, that's called to bear burdens of other people. No. He's, saying, he's talking to the church. He's talking to believers. So those of us who have confessed our sins, believe in Jesus, we have the spirit of God within us and we're called to bear one another's burdens. But how do we do it? And what's the goal is very important. So the aim, he says in verse one, is to restore the brother or the sister, to restore them. This word restore has to do with either mending a net or, or setting, resetting a dislocated bone. And I know we have some physical therapists here, nurses, doctors. If you've seen anyone with a dislocated shoulder, for example, the way in which you go about putting it back in place is very important. If I have a dislocated shoulder and I go to a physical therapist and he says, hey, come on in, he just kind of grabs me and puts me on the seat and roughly, and I'm sitting here like, oh, that would not, it's supposed to be done gently. It's supposed to be done with care. Is it going to hurt when they do it? Yes. <laughs> but for, for restoration, for my good, uh, but it should be done in a way that I trust the person that's done with a um, gently but intentionally aimed at healthy change. Dislocated bones need to be treated with care and dislocated lives need to be treated with care. It's for the purpose of restoring the brother or the sister. And it should be done humbly. That's why he says, lest, like, keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. As if to say, don't go in with the attitude of, I never would have made that mistake. I never would have gone that far where I had that kind of, of crushing weight in my life. I never would have gone down that road. And we have this attitude of, I'm better than that person. He says, don't do that. Have the attitude of, you could have been in the same situation. You might need that same help next year. Take care lest you too be tempted as we go with the attitude of gentleness and humility in helping to restore a brother or a sister and help them with a crushing burden. You know, Jesus never sinned, and yet he didn't go in with the attitude of pushing other people down uh, with their burdens, and neither should we. So let's talk about our burden-bearing Lord and then talk about a little bit of application, uh, general application of how we can live that out. 
So in verse 2, it says, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is he doing here when he's bringing up this law of Christ? So remember, the people in Galatia were being taught that in order to, fully, to really be a Christian, you have to obey the Mosaic law. You have to be circumcised. You have to follow all these commands. And Paul, almost tongue-in-cheek here, is saying, you want to follow a law, follow the law of Christ, which he referred to in Galatians 5, verse 10. 5 verse 14, he said, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you will love your neighbor as yourself. He's pointing to Jesus and saying, remember the one who fulfilled the law, the only one who lived a life perfectly loving God and neighbor. And one of the ways he did that is by bearing uh, people's burdens. He did it in his life, he certainly did it in his death, and he does it now. In his life, he, he bore the burdens of other people. Let's go back to the example of Peter. He denied Christ again and again and again during a time where Jesus needed his disciples, his followers the most. Did that hurt? You bet it did. Did it hurt Peter? Yes. And how did, how did Jesus restore him? Well, for, first of all, it says that Jesus was praying for Peter even before he made that mistake. He was involved in Peter's life. He was praying for him. One of the most important, important parts of bearing people's burdens is to consistently say, I'm going to, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to bring you before the Lord. I'm going to ask the Lord uh, to help you, to restore you, to, to bear that burden. And so Jesus goes to Peter, and what does he do? He gently restores him. He says what Peter needed to hear. He said it gently. He said it humbly. And he restored him, letting him know that he wasn't going anywhere. Jesus was not going to abandon him. And he encouraged him to continue to follow after the Lord. Jesus bore burdens in his life. He certainly bore the burdens in his death. When we think about the death of Jesus dying on the cross, what was the weight that he carried? The weight of the sins of the world. What was that crushing weight like? And as we don't, can't fully ever answer that question, as we begin to learn more about him, we begin to, to know and appreciate, Jesus bore a kind of weight we could never help with. No one could carry the cross that Jesus did in the sense that he died for the sins of the world, the crushing weight of the wrath of God because of the sins of the world. He chose not to stand far off, but to, to enter in and to stand under that weight and to let it crush him. He bore our burdens, the burden of all of our sins. And today he bears our burdens. It says in Psalm 68, verse 19, that blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burdens. The same God who bore the burden of all of my sins wants me to come to him today with the different weights in life. The ones that I can't carry on my own and even the ones that I need help with and and can. He wants me to go to him. Just the other night, I want to give an example. Um, and it might seem like a small example, but it's a, very real, it's a very real example that happened this week. Anna and I couldn't fall asleep three or four nights ago. Something happened that day that was heavy, that was hard, and we were laying in bed talking, couldn't sleep, and she had an idea. She said, could you simply pray for us? <laughs> I was like, that's a good idea. And so I prayed. Almost, doubting to some degree that God would actually just take away the burden that we were experiencing and be able to fall asleep to be ready for the next day. And we prayed together, and what happened? God gave us peace. 
You ever just surprised when that happens? <laughs> but it does. He, wants, he bears our burdens, not just then, today, now. All of them, we can turn to him, the one who bears our burdens. Now, I want to talk about, uh, in, in, in giving some application to this, how can we bear one another's burdens? I want to talk a little bit about how, generally, and then who. Whose burdens are we supposed to be bearing? So, how do we do it? How do we bear one another's burdens? By getting involved in each other's lives, first of all. You may not know the burden, the weight that somebody carries unless they trust you enough to talk to you about it. Isn't that true? They might not trust you enough to even let you know what they're dealing with and trust you enough to get you to get close enough to them to be, to be able to help them lift it. Growing deep, lasting, meaningful relationships. That's one of the best ways that we can learn the burdens that we carry and then being willing to carry it. I want to read in Tim Keller's uh, commentary on Galatians. He's a Christian pastor and author. He says this, You cannot help a burden unless you come very close to the burdened person, standing virtually in their shoes, putting your own strength under the burden so that its weight is distributed on both of you, lightening the load of the other, in the same way, a Christian must listen, understand, and physically, emotionally, spiritually take up some of the burden with the other person. It takes time. It takes consistency for someone to trust us enough to be able to get close enough to help lift that weight, that burden that we're experiencing in our life. And how do we do that specifically? It's going to depend on the circumstance. I can't give you every single example of somebody with a burden and how you should go about helping it, but I can tell you, we can point to the God who forgives, the God who heals, the God who restores. We can't die for their sins, for the burdens that are caused by their sins, but we can point to the Lord who does. We can offer accountability, another practical way of doing this. And just very simply, accountability could be offering somebody, look, I'm, I'm glad you opened up about this burden that you have, and I want to be able to, to commit to meeting with you, to talk about it, to see the progress that you've made or that you haven't made, and to give the best ideas that I can as we talk through it of how we can face this burden together. You're taking some ownership of it. You're not taking their bag. You're not taking their life. You can't make decisions for them. But you can help get under that crushing weight that I'm not going to lift again and help them walk with it in this life. Some general ideas. But then we have to get to the question of who. Whose burdens am I supposed to, to carry? We're doing this one another series. It says bear one another's burdens. He's talking to Christians. He's talking to the church. Does that mean that I'm supposed to bear the burdens of every Christian in the world alive today? Is, it that, is that what he's saying? What about just within the church? Is he saying that, that, that in order for you to, to obey this command to bear one another's burdens, that you have to get to know every single person that's here and not here in Terra Nova Church, that's like 300-something people, and to be able to get, them to, know, get to know them to a degree that you know what their burdens are and then be able to help them lift it? Is anyone capable of doing that? I know I'm not. Not even close. I have one, you know, two hands, two feet. I can be at one place and one time, one brain smaller than maybe most people's. And I, can, I can't. can't do it. So what do we do? Who are the burdens that we're supposed to help bear? To help bear? 
if only there were 15 or so people that I could commit to and say, I'm going to walk through life with you. I'm going to commit to worshiping with you, to building community with this group of people, to serving with them, and to know, for example, their burdens, and to be able to help lift it together. If only the church was like 15 people. Oh, that's right. So we have these small groups called tribes, <laughs> in which we commit to. It's not the only place where you can help bear someone's burden. I've seen people pray for each other Sunday mornings, after the service, involved in each other's lives, someone you know in your life that's not a believer that you're committing to, and you want to help show them who Christ is, and you're doing that. But on the day-to-day, on the, in the long haul, who are the people that we're committing to? Committing to know them, committing to, to learn together and to walk towards the Lord and to bear one another's burdens. We commit to that in our small groups. I can see even in my own, my own tribe the last five years, uh, in my own small group, I've seen relational burdens where we've come alongside each other and helped each other navigate different relationships in our family, with our friends, Uh, Different examples of that. I've seen financial burdens where we've helped each other get through a different uh, certain scenarios in our life where we need help in that regard. I've seen uh, examples of sin struggles where we've come alongside each other and committed to being accountable to one another, of walking together and and creating boundaries and guidelines of how we can help each other uh, overcome different sin struggles. I've seen examples of burdens being being born, even in my own example, of ideas for... uh, for, for preaching that we talk about or was told to me at Tribe and just different ideas that have helped me bear that burden of, of, of preaching just over and over and over again. It takes a while. It's a long-term commitment. But we see how we can bear each other's burdens in a real way, not just in a philosophical way or te- I, can, I could potentially bear someone's burden, but actually being involved to the point where I can do that. And we bear one another's burdens because we have a Lord that bore ours like all of them, to the degree that we can never pay back. And we can point each other to him. And because of him, because he bore the sins of the world, because he rose from the dead, there's coming a day, and remember this, the next time you're really in the thick of it and you're helping someone or you're having the humility to let someone else come under that burden, that weight and help them, and you help them lift it or they help you lift it. The next time you're in that situation, remember, there is coming a day where you will never be asked again to do it. There will be no more burdens. Because of the life and the death and the resurrection of King Jesus, that day is coming. And in the meantime, we look at some of these commands, including the command to to bear one another's burdens, and we say because of the, the strength, the power that he gives us, we can do that for each other. We can point each other to him. We can help each other bear some of the burdens we experience in this life. It's one of the ways that we show that we do, in fact, love one another. We're going to celebrate now as we take communion and we look back at the time that Jesus gave his body, that he gave and shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins to secure that future for us, to create this community that we call the church in which we can go about living in the way that he's called us to, of bearing one another's burdens. Uh, And we invite you, if you are a follower of Christ, you are welcome to this table to take the bread, to dip it in the wine or the juice. We're going to have gluten-free options over here, uh, if you'd prefer that. And uh, to celebrate together what Christ has done for us um, as we live out loving each other for the long haul and bearing one another's burdens. Let's pray.
Father, maybe, maybe some of us are thinking as we, as we read and we hear about the different, the different commands you give to your church of how we're to love each other, of how we're to bear one another's burdens. It can seem daunting. It can seem difficult. It can seem consuming. But Lord, I pray that when we think that way, that we remember that while the calling may be more than we bargained for, you have given us far more than we've ever dreamed or asked. You care for us more than we could possibly imagine. You provide for us. Lord, you bring people into our life that come alongside us, that show us your love and your willingness to not leave us by ourselves, to carry the weight of the world, the weight of our own lives on our shoulders, Lord, but are there to take some of that weight, to show, Lord, that we care by lifting it together, walking through life together. Lord, I pray that we are the kind of church that reflects well, bearing one another's burdens, of knowing the difference between being taken advantage of and truly helping a brother or sister who needs, who needs help, who needs a lift. Help us be looking for opportunities for that, putting ourselves in the right context to be able to do it, to live it out as we look to you, Jesus, our true burden bearer. We pray this in your name. Amen.